Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I took a long shower last night when I got home just to wash Los Angeles off of me. What was I, the problem? Just, what I, didn't you like? Tell me. What do you, what do you mean? I don't, I, I don't want to be a bad guest. I just left Los Angeles yesterday. But I don't want to say things like, it's a sad, dystopian place. I don't yeah. want to say that, so I won't. Okay, I won't. good. Good thing you didn't say it. That was my official position as of two weeks ago. Never traveling again, but never say never. That's the key. You can say never as long as you acknowledge never say never. We went to Simons Island, Georgia, the birthplace of Jim Brown, and apparently the place where the Duraflame fortune was hatched. Wow. Is that right? I didn't know that. That's a good one. I'm factory there, and there's a bunch of sawdust on the floor, and somebody realized, hey, we can take all that sawdust and fuse it together and sell it. <laughs> I mean, you sell your garbage. You know that you've got it made. You have cracked the code on life if you find a way to sell and profit from your garbage. But you know what? That pretty much sums up my existence in sports media. So here we are. It's PFT Live, and we're back, baby. We're back, baby. I don't know. What I don't I don't know how to characterize your your situation. Just, I have some inside information as to your eye. Now, I, now look, I I have had a condition from time to time. Unfortunately, I haven't had a flare right. up in recent years. Right, I know it's, where it's I a shame. A, I get a yeah. It's 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 had to be surgically helped out multiple right. times. Right. Yes. Yes. So I feel for you, but you don't have what I have had, where you get a clogged no. duct that swells. You actually had some specific misadventure, apparently. No, like so, like last wet, last eight days ago, Sunday, just taking a walk around the yard, you know, through the horse trails, kind of like enjoying a time, a Sunday afternoon with the family. There's a dead tree with a huge vine going up it, and I'm just going, man, look at this vine. This vine's impressive. Look at it. 
Well, I mean, little did I know, three days later, you know, all of a sudden I had poison ivy pop up all over my body. So, <laughs> and so it's like on a Sunday afternoon, and all of a sudden, like Tuesday morning, I wake up and I'm like, wait, what the heck? My eyes are a little itchy and swollen. And like, Mike, I had it in the worst possible spots. I must have, I had gloves on. It was a cold day, touched the vine. I don't know, got in the house and took the gloves off. I, I must have itched my eyes to where it went like this. And then I went inside and took a pee, Mike. So um, <laughs> if you're wondering where else I have it other than my eyes, um, there's another region below my belt that also is infected with poison ivy. So it was a great last four or five days of my vacation with that. It was great. The the L.A. Lakers zone is that what you're saying? The, the L.A. La the, the, the Franks wants, and Beans. Uh, Vince Fork. Oh yeah. man, yeah, it's it's so. I mean, and and then my eye wasn't even swollen until yesterday morning. I don't. I itched it a little bit Saturday night, and I woke up Sunday morning and my eye was swollen. And I was like really hopeful, like man, hopefully it won't be swollen today for Monday in the show. And I woke up and I still felt like um, what's the guy's name on. Uh, uh, you know, baby Ruth, uh, the guy from the Goonies with like the closed eye, you know, the big goon guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Goonies growing up? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But you don't know his name. I, he had like the eye, the uh, lazy eye that barely went down. That's what I feel like right now. That's who I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's quite a thing. Uh, and, and you're on your way to Indianapolis. Yeah, it'll be cool. For Great. the scouting combine. Hey, good to see yeah. you guys. What's wrong with you? You have pink eye? What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> hey, this is good, though. This is good. It will be the distraction for all the grief that I will be getting, and I know I will be getting you know it, it for not being there in person. Yeah, right. But no, but no, I'll just I'll just say, ask Chris about his poison ivy and throw it right back to you. So yeah, thank, thank you, you for that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Good excuse. It'll be a good icebreaker for you. It's a shame you're not going to the combine. I mean, I don't know. No, it's not. You go to the birthplace of Jim Brown. Why can't you just come up to – the combine and hang out with me a little bit and talk some football. Let's talk to some people. Come on, let's do that. Well, if, if the COVID sensitivity was relaxed in Los Angeles, in Indianapolis, I get the sense it's going to be non-existent. It's over. It's done. Did you not hear? It's over. It never even happened. We're back to normal. Throw the floodgates open Yippee! and let's act like it never even happened. Yeah. So you enjoy Indianapolis and I'll enjoy being back home. Okay, I mean, fine. Seriously, all wait, wait. We went, we went to Georgia, and my wife and I went to the grocery store. Masks on, got our stuff, went back, picked up food every night. I mean, we, you know, we we live there like we live here. So uh, that's not the way Indianapolis is going to be based no. upon the information available. No. By the way, think, for anyone out there, yeah. go ahead. Go I was going to say they're going to think I got a new version of COVID when I walk in with like my eye. They're going to be like, "What the hell is that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you haven't heard this strain yet." Uh, I mean, it's I feel like such a fool on here looking at myself in the monitor the way I look right now. I feel like an absolute fool. I really do. I don't know what other way to say it. I can't believe I'm actually on TV talking like this, looking like this with my right eye halfway down and swollen right now. I thought the swelling would get out of here by the time the start the show started, and it still hasn't. So hopefully by the end I look somewhat normal. Just do the like do the full turn and just do profile. Alfred Hitchcock profile the whole Hello, show. Hello, Mike. You go. There, yeah. Just, yeah, there you go. That's that. how are you, Mike? <laughs> it's all. It's an improvement, is what you're telling me. Yeah. Head positioning. Yeah. Well, no, it, but but look, I've been there, not with poison ivy, but I've been there with this damn thing. And 
you know, the solution for me is scrub it with baby shampoo every single day to keep the ducks clear. And fortunately, knock on whatever this thing's made out of for four years now, I haven't had to deal with it. Cheap Florida I did rock. make the reference earlier. Yeah. What? I want to make sure there was some cheap Florida As nice as the house was that we stayed in, I sent you the picture. Yeah. The columns, cheap Florida rock. Not, <laughs> not the real stuff. Very cheap Florida rock. Other gotcha. than that, the house was very nice. I made the reference to Vince Wilfork and the LA Lakers and there may be people out there wondering what the hell we're yeah, talking about right. Chris t- tell the story real briefly for the folks out there who have never heard it or who have forgotten although if you've heard it I doubt that you could forget it no well yeah but it, it's 2005 it's late in the year it's early December we're playing the Patriots I take a beating in the football game I mean I take a lot of big hits Richard Seymour you know Roosevelt Colvin they're all hitting me Vince Wilfork but it gets to the end of the game and you know I don't know it's probably early fourth quarter and, and I, t- I throw a pass, and, like, Vince Wilfork's helmet, face mask, hits me right above, you know, the family jewels. Right above it to where that area where it's just bone and skin and there's no, and there's no protection. And, man, did it hurt. I don't even know how to explain it. It was just bone on helmet, and it didn't feel good. I went to a knee, like, uncomfortable, and Vince Wilfork was a little worried because I think he thought he hurt, might have hit me in the privates, you know, but it, but it was worse than that. It was actually more painful. Well, I mean, by that night, I had a bruise forming above my private areas. The next morning, I mean, I was, I was the Ravens. I had the Baltimore Ravens private colors, all right? I was black and blue and all of those. And then, of course, we joke about the Lakers because about two or three days later, as we all know, when bruises kind of change colors, it became like purple and gold down there. So I was walking around naked with, you know, Lakers colors down there. Uh, not a team that I really support all that, all that often. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and uh, now we know why. Yeah. So on that happy note, and we are, we are very happy to be back. We needed a break. Yeah. And it did the trick because I was actually anxious and looking forward to doing the show today, seeing you, talking to you, even with your deformed eye. It's good to Thank see you. you, and it's good, good to, to be see back you as well. on Peacock, Sirius XM 85. Our, our friends in the UK and Ireland had been very disrupted and discombobulated by the fact that they couldn't look forward to seeing us every night, and we apologize we were gone, but we're back now. Your routine can be restored, your distraction, and we're not going to get any of the stuff going on in the world. There's plenty of other places where you can get that. We're not happy about it. We hope it ends soon. We don't like feeling this way, and you don't either. We're your respite. We're your break. We are your oasis, for lack of a better term. Just watch the Poison Ivy. All right. We, we, we teased this yesterday. And, you know, anytime somebody teases something, the payoff never quite matches it. So yeah. we didn't tease it real hard, did we? You saw what I wrote. Right. You saw what I tweeted. We didn't go over the top. We didn't say it's going to change your life. We just said we're going to have a pretty interesting nugget right out of the gates. Is that fair? Yeah, very fair. I would it's say a it's, pretty it's interesting more than nugget. A, it's, it's definitely. It's, I think it, it will classify as more than an interesting nugget once everybody hears it and d- digests it a little bit. And, and just so folks out there understand, because we're going to talk about it over the course of the next 20, 25 minutes or so, maybe longer, who knows. But this is something that I initially heard weeks ago. And then I heard it more recently, and I told Chris about it. And Chris heard a few things about it, and we kind of bounced it off of each other. And right. it dawned on me late last week, you know what, I think we got enough here to go with something. Now, there's a lot around it that I don't think is ready to be reported, if it's ever going to be ready to be reported, because sure. I think a lot of it's supposition, speculation, conjecture. Maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong. But I'm extremely confident as to the core of what we're about to tell you. 
And what we're about to tell you is that even though the Dolphins currently have Mike McDaniel as their head coach, and by all appearances are very happy with that. Yeah, they should be. And they're moving be. forward right. for now with Tua Tagovailoa as their quarterback. At one point in the offseason, following the firing of Brian Flores and prior to the filing of his lawsuit, the Dolphins, we're told via multiple sources, had planned to pursue a package deal. Yes, sir. At coach and quarterback. Right. The coach, the coach would have been Sean Payton. And Chris, the quarterback would have been your favorite. TB12, baby. Really. The GOAT. I do like him. Don't pin me in that corner already. I do like Tom Brady, but yes. You like him, you just think he cheated. Yes, I do. Right. But, so, but th th that's it. Other than that, there's a lot to respect about the guy. The guy's awesome. I get that. But, like, mind-blowing when you hear that. Sean Payton, Tom Brady, package deal, Miami Dolphins. What? Brady's supposed to be retired. Payton needs a break. What the hell's going on in the NFL? That's the first thing I thought of when I started to hear this, you know, these things. And, of course, heard it from you and started to make some calls and talk to some people and started to hear it more and more to, to verify that it was true, of course. And here's what we're actually reporting. We're reporting that the Dolphins had planned to pursue Payton and Brady for 2022 and that the Flores lawsuit caused the plug to be pulled. There's plenty of stuff out there as to who made the decision to pull the plug, why the plug got pulled, when it got pulled. But all that matters is they had a plan that they were pursuing. And after the Flores lawsuit, that was the end of it. That's that's the guts of the report. And anything else we talk about will just be ideas and thoughts, and maybe it means this or maybe it means that. Now, what I have to do before we go any farther, Chris, because this is just one of those, and I have absolutely no – I'm like I, – I don't want to compare myself to Jerry Jones for a variety of reasons, both good and bad, frankly. But but I, I, I had no qualifications to do this job when I started ProFootballTalk.com, but since I paid for the domain and started it, nobody could tell me what the hell are you doing here. I was here. I have no journalism training. But I've got 20 years in the business, and I've learned a thing or two about how it should, should work. And there are certain things when you are going to report. It's amazing to me that many seasoned, educated, and experienced journalists don't follow this. They don't do this, what we did last night. I reached out to the Dolphins to let them know, this is what we are reporting. Please give us your your reaction, your response. We want to give you a chance to chime in. Now, on the record, officially, Dolphins had no comment. But I can report on top of our prior report, based upon Dolphin sources who chose to be anonymous due to the sensitivity of the issue, that, and we'll start with the Peyton angle, they did contact the Saints for permission to speak to Sean Payton. There you after go. he resigned, after he resigned, and before the Flores lawsuit, they contacted the Saints for permission to talk to Peyton, and the Saints said no. That's what Dolphin sources who have requested anonymity due to the sensitivity of the situation tell me. So, look, now, we, we know how that game goes. I don't think you make that call, Chris, unless you got a pretty good idea. No, because that's where... You're going to get what you want. Exactly. That That's where, you know, again, I think you and I, hopefully the fact that we're bringing this story out there will start to maybe put get more details from people People maybe know details that you know haven't come out yet. 
But that that's the first thing that I think is hard to believe, and that was the thing that I was told, you know, right off the bat, Mike, when I kind of started to fish around and talk to people a little bit. That no, there was a little bit more than hey, we reached out to the New Orleans Saints to uh, just see if we can maybe get Sean Payton. Uh, absolutely not. It's like you have said many a times when that calls made in the NFL, they already know there's interest. They make the call because they've already talked behind the scenes to go, hey, we got interest in each other. Now we're going to call your team up and officially tell them and see where it would go from there. So, And that's where I was told as far as the Sean Payton aspect is that there was some tentative conversations as well about the compensation Miami would have to give to New Orleans. So, you know, again, hopefully we can figure these things out. I know that's what Miami's telling you, but from my trusted sources too, I know enough to know that, yeah, I think it was a little farther down the road than what Miami's trying to tell you right now at well, least. Yeah. Look, well, and, and again, these are team sources who request. Yes, right. I know. I know. Right. Due to the sensitivity right. of the situation, I, we're trying. Yeah. We're trying to be very responsible here, right. and I'll help. I'll help keep you on the horse and and not land in the poison ivy patch. So, <laughs> uh, so again, um, so uh, we 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 went through this just a few weeks ago when Sean Payton resigned as coach of the Saints. I shared the nugget from Playmakers out in 15 days. By the way. I'm not even going to say pre-order anymore. Just order it. By the Boom. time the next two weeks pass, you'll have it. Um, there was a deal in place unofficially for Peyton to become the coach of the Cowboys three years ago, and it was Anthony Davis, of all people, the then Pelicans forward, who made it known he wasn't going to stay with the team and he wanted to be traded. Mickey Loomis was in charge of the Pelicans at the time. He was still and continues to be the GM of the Saints. That's, you know, Loomis said, hey, I can't do this. It was ready to go. The ball was on the tee. All they had to do was activate the process. And calling the team is the activation of the process. So in that case, I think even the deal between the Saints and the Cowboys was in place behind the scenes. In this yeah, case, right. it's just the Saints didn't want to do it. Right. Saints don't want to do it, which kind of surprises me because anything you get for Sean Payton is more than nothing. Right now they have nothing yes. for Sean Payton. Right. Now, unless, unless their attitude is whatever the Dolphins were willing to give us, we'll get next year if he goes to coach the Cowboys or the year after that if he goes to coach the Cowboys, which is what people in the business just kind of generally assume is going to happen. Even if it doesn't, that's what people assume is going to happen. And maybe the Saints are thinking he'll be in Dallas 2023, 2024. We'll get whatever we would have gotten from the Dolphins then. I guess you're right. I never really thought about that aspect as far as like it could happen, you know. Yeah, you're right. Next year, two years down the road, certainly. But again, what I'll say is what I was led to believe is there was already a compensation package in place to a degree, you know. So, and again, I, I, I'm just, I don't know 100% for sure. But the, the people that are telling me that, I do trust them. And they've very rarely steered me wrong in these type of conversations. So I, I feel like, you know, again, there must have been something more down there. And I understand it. I mean, if I'm Sean Payton, we talked about this, you know, before too. Again, the Saints, the state of their team, they're in a tough spot. The Dolphins, they're young, they're up and coming. You know, the defense, the way it's set up, they got some offensive talent you like. You know, the quarterback situation, high a beauty in the eye of the beholder. But, man, I think the Dolphins are a team that really a lot of football people would look at and go, wow, they're not that far off. I can understand Sean Payton, you know, uh, looking at them and going, whoa, this is a better situation than the one I'm in in New Orleans, and maybe it's time for a change. So that's, like, amazing. And then, of course, you add the Brady aspect to it, and, of course, it makes it even more amazing. Well, and we'll talk about the Brady aspect in a yeah. second. I just want to add this. I first heard of this not after Sean Payton resigned as coach of the Saints. You I heard it first before. heard about it right. 
before. Yes. Before. Yes. And so, uh, and look at look at the Dolphins over five hundred each of the last two years. Yes, they didn't get to the playoffs, but they have the guts of a contending team. They do. Sure, they'd have to deal with the Bills. They'd have to deal with the Patriots. Don't worry about the Jets for now. Sorry, but it's it's true. How but dare they, you. they're not they're not in an, an easy cakewalk division. No. But when you're putting together a team that's pretty damn good and the team already defensively is pretty damn good, and look, the defensive coordinator is still there. Maybe that's what would have happened. It's not like Sean Payton was going to take Dennis Allen with him. Allen's now the coach of the Saints. Right. So there's a lot of it that makes sense. And then then you throw in the Brady angle. Yeah. Now what the Dolphins said about Brady, multiple team sources on condition of anonymity due to the sensitivity of the situation. This is not on the record comment, on the record, no comment. There have been internal discussions about bringing Brady on board as a minority owner of the Dolphins. That is what was conceded. Not that they were thinking about bringing him into play, but two years ago, I know the Patriots were extremely concerned when he yeah. became a free agent. He right. was going to jump to Miami right. Go because he got Flores. a strong connection to Bruce Beal. Yep. Strong connection to Bruce Beal, the owner-in-waiting who is the right-hand man of Stephen Ross. Beal and Brady are tight. They're close. They're very good friends. The thinking was Brady goes to Miami, finishes his career, and then buys a chunk of the team. That's what the fear was in New England two years ago. And that's what was was. But but once the Flores lawsuit gets filed and he blows the whistle on the potential tampering with Tom Brady, even though it doesn't mention Tom Brady, it's been reported. And I can tell you it's accurate. The quarterback that Flores refers to in his lawsuit that Stephen Ross, the owner of the team, wanted Flores to meet with against the rules regarding who you can talk to and when and how it was Brady. Right. In 2020. And right. The it yacht. Would, it would right. The pull up yeah, your yacht you where we accidentally your yacht yeah. pulls up next to my yacht and we meet and talk about how you can be the quarterback of our team. Yes. You don't need the big Sherlock Holmes magnifying glass to conclude that Bruce Beal facilitated that meeting that never happened because Flores refused to participate in it. So this time around, and, and I don't know which came first, whether it was the interest in Peyton or the interest in Brady. It very well could be. It was the interest in Brady. Sure. And that Peyton, after they fire Flores, Peyton becomes the hand-picked head coach. Because look look at, I mean, Peyton was 4-0 against Brady in the regular season the last two years, even though Peyton wasn't there for one of the games. And even though Peyton's the offensive guy, you know, if you have a defense that you can trust, we know what Sean Peyton can do offensively. We know right. what he can do with a guy like Drew Brees with all the underneath throws and how perfect they constructed the offense and Brady can make all those throws and he can make the throws down the field yeah you know Winston Jameis Winston had trouble last year with the underneath stuff he could get the ball down the field Brady marries both guys together definitely that would be a dream for a guy like Peyton to work with Tom Brady for a couple of years and pursue a Super Bowl championship in South Florida yeah no no question I mean I would think that this was again you know, th this is an aspect I don't know. I do know that, yes, when it comes to the lawsuit and the pursuing of Brady, that's real. You know, again, what I've been told, too, is the conversation with Brady to the Miami, you know, and and all of that. There, there's been a little more conversation than, you know, uh, I think the world would realize at this point. And to the point where, again, now this is a part I don't know. But you and I know the NFL. We know how the donuts are made and, and everything and what goes behind on behind the, the curtains. I would have a hard time thinking 
Flores being fired when he was fired that this Brady Payton thing wasn't already in the works or being talked about to a degree. I don't think it was Flores getting fired and then, oh, hey, oh, wait, hey, let's pursue Sean Payton and see if the Brady thing will work out too. No, that's not the way I would envision that happening. Uh, from that aspect, that's where I would see it and go, no, I think this was in the works. And that might have been, you know, part of the reason Brian Flores does get fired. But either way, it's just amazing to think, hey, Tom Brady, we thought he was going to retire. We thought he's done. Oh, wait, Miami. We know they're building a house down there. The, the Brady family and Giselle and everything that way. That makes sense. The Bruce Beal, you know, aspect you talk about. Yeah, you got Sean Payton. You really go into a team, the Dolphins, that are like, it's kind of like the Buccaneers 2.0 to a degree. I mean, it's talented guys that need a little bit of a quarterback, a quarterback and some finishing polish, and all of a sudden we go, wow, they might be a Super Bowl contending type of team. The story is amazing, let alone, I think, when you tie it in to you know, Peyton Brady together and then the ramifications in the NFL and what was going on with Flores being you know, uh, fired and the lawsuit and everything there. I think when you tie all that together, too, it's really an amazing story. It really is. And let's talk about that for yeah. a second because yeah. we don't know with certainty and we're not reporting how the door got slammed and who slammed it. It could have been the Dolphins decided after the Flores lawsuit, we just can't do this. And look, as unnamed Dolphin sources tell us the Saints slammed the door in their face before the Flores lawsuit was filed. It's, it's, it's possible that maybe the Saints didn't, or maybe it was the filing of the lawsuit that caused the door to slam, and maybe it was somebody else who pushed the door in New Orleans, not, not Gail Benson, the owner of the team, or Mickey Loomis, the GM of the team. Well, and I... That's you know, where the, the Mike, idea that, yeah, well, I was going to say, Mike, that's go where ahead. I look at it. And again, you know, again, I don't know this and I'm not reporting this, but, you know, we have conversations like this all the time. This is one of those where I'd look at it and go, I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL got involved in this a little bit, if they got wind of what was going down with the way it looked, the optics, everything about it. Wait, we're, we're firing a successful African-American head coach. We don't know why we're firing him. That's a crazy issue altogether that that's going on. You know, but then, you know, the aspect of, you know, Brady, free agent, I'm not a free agent on another team, him doing that, you know, that's where I could see the NFL getting involved a little bit. And, and uh, I know those rumors are out there a little bit as far as maybe them putting the kibosh on this to a degree. Well, and, and look, again, the rumors are out there. Yeah. We don't know it and we're not yeah. reporting it. Nope. And, and it creates issues. It creates issues for the league if right. the league would simply slam the door on it and not take action. I think other owners would be upset with the knowledge that the league found out about it and simply said, knock it off. Because on one hand, you've got hand-in-the-cookie-jar violation of the Rooney rule if right. you've got something lined up with Sean Payton without properly interviewing minority candidates that's one problem right that right, would Mike. presumably justify punishment that, yep. that wouldn't have happened if the league simply said pull the plug and then on the brady side it's tampering attempted tampering actual yeah. tampering the right. conversations if there were conversations while he's under contract really any conversations anyone has with brady now about playing is tampering because he's still under contract with the buccaneers some would say they get what they deserve because they blatantly tampered with brady two years ago but th that's why I got some pushback when I started poking around on the idea that the league office slammed the door because teams would be upset to know that all the league did was slam the door and not kick some ass as a result of it. But 
here's how I would thread that needle. Yeah. You pull the plug on it because it wouldn't be the right development at a time when they're reeling from a lawsuit that they initially boasted is without merit. And we've learned in the weeks since then, it's hardly without merit. But if you punish the Dolphins for that, then you make that a story too. You know, on top of everything else that's alleged by Brian Flores, we caught them with one hand in each cookie jar trying to violate the spirit, if not the letter of the Rooney rule on one hand, and trying to tamper with Tom Brady on the other hand. We don't want to announce to the world that we got a corrupt organization because then Congress is going to be even farther up our butts than they already are. Pardon me. Right. Well, a corrupt organization on top of a corrupt organization is the way it's going to look. I mean, that's where it's just, yeah, it's dicey that way. And that's where, again, I could see the NFL getting involved, I think, if that it did go down the way, you know, we're, we're portraying here. Which, again, I know enough to know that there's something here. That's for sure. I'm, I mean, Sean Payton and the Dolphins, there was, there was definitely something there. Yes. There was Brady definitely something there. and Sean Payton together to the Dolphins is a real thing. I know too many people that know and know and have told me now. So that, that's a real thing. And then Mike knows people too. And we're not talking to the same people. I have no idea who Mike's talking to. So it's a real thing. And – I don't know when it was going to come out or what, you know, people were waiting for as far as, you know, when this information gets out there. But it's a pretty amazing development. And it's one that I can understand the NFL getting involved in a little bit because of the optics and everything that you explain there. Now, there will be people, especially Buccaneers fans, who say, well, why would well, they're he not be pissed, play right? for our favorite team anymore? And th- this has been percolating around there. And Rich Ornberger, who played in the NFL for a number of years, played with Brady in New England. Yep. He had a series of tweets week and a couple of days ago, and he was very strident about it. He said his sources are impregnable, that Brady was disillusioned with Bruce Arians, the right. head coach of the right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it, it's, it should be no surprise to anyone that Arians wasn't grinding the way Bill Belichick does, wasn't grinding the way Sean Payton does. He was delegating a lot of things, delegating the construction of the offense to Brady, an offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich. Right. And, you know, in any workplace, in any workplace, I don't care what the industry is. If the boss isn't working as hard as everyone else and everyone else is busting their asses, at some point you're going to have resentment. No doubt. At some point there's going to be a moment of friction where the boss tries to chime in and the people who have been busting their asses are saying, wait a minute, we we know what's going on. We're here trying to solve these problems you just can't barnstorm in and tell us do this do this don't do this don't do this and and I I think that was some of the guts of what Ornberger was saying that Arians was swooping in and changing things in the game plan when he wasn't there to construct the game plan and and, you know you can only take so much of that when you got 20 years of Bill Belichick devoting every single minute of his life to winning football games and you go to a guy who's semi or mostly retired as the head coach you're going to notice a difference. No doubt. Uh, I mean, Belichick's all-time grinder, like we've talked about. I mean, that's just what he is. He's the greatest worker in the history of the NFL. Never stops, never. I mean, even on vacation, he's sitting there, you know, riding waves, watching film. It never ends. It's just the way he is. So there's nothing to live up to that. And that's that's what's being – that's what's percolating around the NFL, Mike. Is that exactly what you're explaining there? You know, first off, yeah, when you're the head coach of a football team or the boss, you need to be the hardest worker. You're being paid the most. You're the, the example setter, all of that. You know, and I think you look at the great organizations in football, their, their head coaches are their, their, their greatest workers that way. You know, but 
yes, what you hear from people around the NFL was there was some sort of disconnect or you know resentment as far as Leftwich Brady laying down the game plan and the thing I continue to hear is Bruce Arians coming in on a Thursday or Friday and then changing things up crossing things out no we're not going to do this we're going to do that and blah 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 and that to me is where I've heard there was a little friction in the relationship to a degree uh, but yeah I mean Brady I'm, I'm sure if Tampa Bay fans hear this right now they're not going to like that they're not and they're also hey, you know it's 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 intriguing in the fact where you go, man, you know, I don't know if he'd really play. What's the deal there? Man, why wouldn't you want to go back to Tampa? I understand the lifestyle thing in Miami, but there's just so many things to unpack about this whole thing. I think that's what's kind of a that's why it's such a cool subject. Well, and look, there's been so much smoke about Brady not actually being retired, starting with him six days exactly. after. He announced that he was done playing. He did the Never Say Never thing on his podcast. And that's what sparked several weeks of ongoing conversation and discussion and speculation about what he's going to do next. I think he ends up with the 49ers. I still think he ends up with the 49ers. But the Dolphins were in play. And it sounds like, based upon what you're hearing, what I'm hearing, it's not just a pipe dream by Miami. It's not just, we're going to throw a dart here. We're going to close our eyes. No. And we're going to throw one dart at the Sean Payton board and one dart at the Tom Brady board and hope they both somehow land. That there were eyes open and not not very far proximity between dart and board in both directions. Right. And I I I wouldn't be surprised if Brady handpicked Peyton. That that pay you know because Peyton is far 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 closer to Belichick from the grinding and grinding and working and striving and always looking for definitely any more edge of that guy. Camp. Right. Right. He comes from the Bill Parcells school of coaching. I mean, so that's what he is. He would be familiar with that. Let alone, Mike, to, to your point with this, first off, yes, I think this was all tactical. You're right. It's not darts at a, at a board and just throwing it. And then I think when you, you know, you add in the fact, too, of like this little nugget, don't forget about it. I mean, you and I both know that the Saints, you know, were involved in pursuing Tom Brady the first time he left New England. That was a thing. That was going on. I mean, I know I've told you that. I, I certainly know people that, that are aware of that situation. So, you know, again, I think there's always been a common, like, respect or love between these two. Why wouldn't there be? You laid it out perfectly. It's the greatest offensive mind, you know, we've seen in football maybe in the last 20, 30 years. It's arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. I get it. You know, he's building a house in Miami. I get that as well. I do. And the other thing I was I was led to believe is that, like, Brady was not all in on this yet. Brady was like they were from what I was told, Mike, Brady was going to be given the leeway of kind of waiting till June if Sean Payton did take over in Miami to make the decision if he really wanted to do it and get back into it. He was they were going to give him time. It wasn't like a def definite definitive thing of like, yes, I'm playing. But it was, of course, on the radar. It was being orchestrated and they were going to give him some time to kind of think about it and think if he really wanted to, you know, give it one more go. I really do think that what Brady is setting himself up for for this year is taking off February, March, April, Seems like May, a little, right? and into June. And, you know, wh wh after doing it for 22 years where you are constantly working with your teammates and constantly trying to get ahead of the curve, maybe he's thinking, I don't really need to do that. I don't need to do that, especially if I land in the right spot 
where there's a good system and a good structure in place. Maybe he felt like he needed to do it in Tampa because the head coach is semi, if not mostly, retired. Maybe if he goes to a place where they're busting their butts and getting everything ready, and he knows when he jumps on the boat, everyone's going to be rowing, that they can get it together between the start of training camp and the start of the regular season, or more importantly, the end of the regular season when it's time to be firing on all yeah, cylinders. Yeah, that's right. And I, 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 think he's, I think he's playing it. I, I, look, I... I know that, that nothing is definite, nothing is certain, but I, I think he still wants to play. And when, when he made the comment along the lines of he doesn't know how he's going to feel when yeah, June, right. July roll around, mm-hmm. well, I know how he's going to feel. I know he's going to ha- he's, he's going to feel, oh, crap, the world is going to move on without me. What am I going to do the first Sunday of the regular season when I get to turn on the TV and watch all these guys who, in comparison to me, suck? And he said that. The last thing he wants to do is turn on a game and see that the guys playing suck and that he can still do it. We just have 5,000 passing yards. He's, he's, his arm is as strong as it's ever been, if not yeah. stronger. Yeah. Of course he's going to watch a game week one and say as to multiple quarterbacks, I can do it better than them. I think he's coming back. I think that the compromise for this year with Mrs. Brady was – I'm going to shut it down and go 100% family time, except for my workouts and my diet. I'm 100% family time uh, from now until training camp, maybe all the way up until training camp. And uh, and then let's let's make a decision after June 1 what I'm going to do when training camp opens. I I mean, that that's that's a that's a, just let me tell you by hey, by having him around for four months, she may want a break. Yeah, she might be like, all right, time for training camp. Go ahead, get out of here. Learn your audibles. Go throw some footballs. Get out of here. (laughs) Four days at the beach was more than enough for my wife dealing with me. Because it was the first time we'd gone anywhere, just the two of us, where I wasn't working since our honeymoon. You know, we go to Super Bowl for a week. It's just the two of us, but I'm working every day. Right. And uh, she gets plenty of space to do whatever she wants to do. Well, she didn't have that space the last four days, and I think four days was about all she could deal with. So four months, I understand. I get it, Jill. I'm, I'm only a four-day-a-work guy from this time of the year on because of that. I just there's only so much I could take. I mean, damn. I just, you know, I need a three-day weekend. It's just I need a break from you. I get it, Jill. I totally get it. So, and, and <laughs> but, I think but that's I'm with you really, with your Brady stuff. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And and that's really the, the, the takeaway, the macro. The micro is Dolphins had planned – to try to make this happen. And it would have been something if they had pulled it off. The macro is Brady ain't done. And Peyton probably isn't done either. Although, once Peyton starts making some of this crazy-ass TV money and realizes, I don't have to work as hard, I don't have to stay up as late, I can exercise, I can watch my diet, uh, I, I kind of enjoy my life, my 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 employment doesn't hinge on the arbitrary bounces of an oblong ball or a gust of wind or somebody making a bad call or some other thing I can't control. I can control this. I control the words that come out of my mouth when they tell me to talk. And uh, I'm, I'm you know, making as much or more money doing it. We, you know, we haven't talked about this because we were off last week, but the money's crazy and it's getting crazier. Oh, it's crazy. The top end of I the broadcasting food chain. I wanna, can I announce yeah. games, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Can I be somebody's number um, one announcer? But yeah, you're right, Mike. I mean, I hear you. But, you know, again, not that I know Sean Payton, like, all that well, but, of course, know, know him, been around him a little bit, know a lot of people that know him. I, I, to me, I mean, here, well, this is a great example. A guy that's burned out. Well, wait, wait, Miami? I can go to Miami and be a part of the team and Brady? Okay, I'm ready to go and be the king of Miami again. Okay, fine. I just, he won't be able to hold back. He's, he's, he's a coach. 
He just he can't help it. It's just like Brady at quarterback. It's hard. He can't help it either. You know, it's uh, and I'm with you. The the door is not shut on Brady. I thought the door was shut, but when I started to hear this stuff and you know, too many people telling me different things. The, the door is not shut. I'm not saying he's definitely going to play football this year, but he's obviously keeping it cracked open for some sort of opportunity return. Obviously, there was something in the works or being thought about here, and I bet you we're going to continue to hear more and more now that we've kind of broke this story and put out some details. I would think that other people are going to start to put out other details or connect some dots, and we're going to get a, a more clear picture of this story as the week goes on. We, we were very nervous about teasing this and having someone else find out about it. I couldn't believe it lasted the whole week. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, there's no way. It's going to come out next week, and that stinks because I feel like you and I were you know, probably at the, the front end of kind of knowing some of this stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I'm shocked. Here we are Monday. We made it, and we got to talk about it for 38 minutes. And I, I, I'm with you, though. I think Brady is is not done. Maybe he takes a year off. Maybe he comes back this year, but I don't think he's done. And this whole narrative of what else does he have to prove? We hear that all the time. What else does he have to prove? Well, what else do he have to prove in Tampa? Maybe that's the sentence that we should be uttering. What else does he have to prove in Tampa? Nothing. But he can prove other things. He can go to the team that he grew up rooting for and win a Super Bowl with them and then walk off into the sunset. Yeah, or he could have right. gone to Miami and competed head-to-head with Bill Belichick and the Patriots twice a year in the same division. Maybe going back there and beating the Patriots gave him the confidence that if he went to the right team in that division. And really, what team in that division would have needed him other than the Dolphins? It would have been perfect if it had happened for him. So, uh, and who knows, maybe maybe it still will. We know the Peyton side of it isn't going to happen, but... I, I mean, if I'm Mike McDaniel, Mike and Daniel, I look at Tua, and I look the, at Tom Brady. Right. We know the 49ers pursued Brady a few years ago. I mean, we know there was some common, like, you know, conversations going on or something, flirting, whatever, before Brady kind of narrowed it down to Tampa or New England there at the end. Yeah, so I can understand that. I mean, you're right. It's just McDaniel's unproven. That's the only difference, you know. He's not Sean Payne, but it's still a system – and I think an offense that Brady's going to look at and go, that guy knows what he's doing, or they know they know offense there in that Shanahan San Francisco scheme and all that. That's for sure. So maybe it won't be closed. You're right. We'll see where this goes. But it's, it's not the door's not closed with Brady. I'm with you there. I don't know if it's going to be the, this year or not. Maybe it's never again. But I, I I think the fact that the things he said, you brought up, you know, having myself lived with a quarterback who played in the NFL for 15 years, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter with what else is there to prove. What else there is to prove is Brady likes to compete and kick ass and take names, and he wants more rings, and then he wants to stick his finger up to everybody and say, screw you, I got another ring. That's what drives him, and that's where it's going to be interesting to see how he feels when it comes June, early July, if he can you know, put some cold water on those flames that burn within him that way. He has always said when he's asked which ring is his favorite and his answer consistently is the next one. And he's always pursuing the next one. And the moment he acquires the latest one, he's thinking about the next one. And I think he's thinking about getting that next one somewhere other than Tampa Bay. Aaron Rodgers has been waiting a long time for his next one. Will he have a next team? His decision is coming two weeks at the latest. We'll tell you the latest on his situation when PFT Live continues right after this.
Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Brian, if Aaron comes to you and says he, he wants to trade, are you going to be any more willing to trade him than you were last offseason, or are you still saying you're not trading him? Yeah, no, I, those are kind of some hypotheticals. I don't think we're going to go down those roads right now. Obviously, everything around here kind of centers around the quarterback. That's kind of how we do things. So it's a big piece. It's a domino that um, kind of has to fall before we go down you know, other avenues. So um, so it's important you know, as we go through this and the, the puzzle pieces that we got to make fit, I think. So um, that's the first one to go. Brian Gutekunst, Packers GM, meeting with the media last week. And there were some Aaron Rodgers developments last week while we were off. We covered them all extensively at profootballtalk.com. PFT never takes a break. Hashtag no days off. But uh, we did. Never say never. No days off except when we take days off. No days off except when we go to the birthplace of Jim Browns. Listen, listen. I, I, I will always work on the website every day of my life, no matter what's going on. It's part of my routine. It's like drinking coffee and going right. to the bathroom with or without poison ivy on my hands. But, uh, but, but it is a different existence when you don't have to be on for two hours in the morning and then on for one hour in the afternoon and you, you can kind of do your thing. It's, it's, it's a much easier and relaxed life. Definitely. And, uh, I, I appreciated that. it very much. So, yep. uh, so anyway, but, but, but now that we're back, yeah, let's get to it. And, Let's let's start with because I want to hold the big thing that Gutekunst said for a few minutes. Yeah, there was uh, right after the Packers season ended. I said, if the Packers want to end this drama immediately, just go to Aaron Rodgers and offer him two years, 100 million fully guaranteed. Show him financially that you appreciate him, you want him and you you render the the final two years of Jordan Love's rookie contract moot. Because right. you're committing to Rodgers for two more years, fully guaranteed $100 million. And someone with knowledge of the dynamics, and I know Rodgers has this hubris that none of his people talk to anyone. Bullcrap, Aaron. Of course, everybody talks. Don't think that the people who are, even if they're telling you, no, we don't talk to anybody, they, they, they talk, Aaron. They, they have relationships beyond their relationship to you. They talk. 
Um, and it's in your benefit sometimes that they talk. Yeah, and that's right. Somebody too, right. connected to it reached out to me and said, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. It's not about the money. They've tried to pay him. He doesn't care about that at this point. And I say all that because last week there was a report that Rogers wants $50 million a year. And I, I really don't think he I don't think he wants anything other than to either stay or go, depending upon what he chooses to do. The money's yeah. going to be there either way. This isn't a, a money grab for him. This is a, do I want to stay with the Packers or do I want to go somewhere else? Right, right. I agreed. I mean, I don't think this is about money at all. I, I believe Rodgers is word with that, you know, you know. I was one at one time thought, oh, man, if they just give them – it wasn't about the money. If they just give them some, you know, some years on the contract that guarantee he's the guy, that they can't get rid of him, all should be good. But, you know, between what you said at the time and, you know, again, ever since that, just the things I hear, yeah, it sounds like it's up in the air. It's not definitely not about the money. It's about Rodgers and him feeling like, is Green Bay the right place for him? Are they going to be able to keep the team together? And if they are going to keep together, are they going to be able to improve it at all? Or is it going to stay the same? To me, that seems to be what everything's going on there. Roger, like you said, the money's there. If Roger stays there and raises his hand and says, I want $45 million a year, they're going to do it. They're going to give it to him. That's not a question. So, you know, for people to paint him in the selfish corner there, you know, to me it just seems like somebody who's being selfish and trying to gain headlines by putting stuff out there because they're just not, they're not informed the correct way. Former teammate Greg Jennings is the one who was leading the charge by calling Aaron Rodgers selfish. Now, Jennings has been a longtime agitator of Rodgers, so it's not a surprise coming from a longtime agitator of Rodgers. But on this <laughs> point, I got Rodgers back. Look, it's not selfish to want what you deserve. That's, that's not selfish at all. The money is there. The salary cap is going to keep going up and up and up and up. If you are a player and – you are hearing that Pat McAfee's getting $30 million a year from FanDuel and Troy Aikman may be getting $20 million a year from ESPN and uh, Tony Romo's getting $18 million, and Joe Buck may get a huge raise to go to ESPN and all this money is being thrown at people who don't even play and you're the best player. Why wouldn't you want $50 million a year? You deserve it. And look... Again, the cap keeps going up and up, and the salary cap side of it is just an excuse to not pay the guy what he wants. I've had people say, oh, oh, that is selfish to want 25% of the cap. If he gets $50 million a year over the next two years, it's not going to be 25% of the cap. They're going to work the deal, as we've seen time and again, to manage the cap and push dollars into future years when the cap's even higher. The cap is going to keep spiking. Now that the pandemic is over, now that the gambling money is mushrooming, now that the TV deals are in place, the cap is going to rocket toward $300 million per team per year. And I'm not saying it's going to happen in two years, but we're going to see bigger chunks than we've seen in recent years. $20 million, $25 million, won't surprise me at all if it goes up that much from 2022 to 2023. So, so don't if when you, when you spew as a fan or as a member of the media the salary cap defense, you are playing right into the hands of the oligarchs who want to pay guys less money, period. I know. What's crazy is the fans seem fine with that. I don't, I don't know why, they, but they seem okay with that. I don't get that. I don't. I certainly don't. Rodgers, I mean, again, the price tag of what he's being paid, he's being the least unselfish quarterback in football, Greg Jennings or anybody else out there. I mean, he's, he's come on. It's 33.5. Jared Goff is making the same amount of money as him. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, none of them play at the level Rodgers does. None of them. 
I mean, we know Deshaun Watson doesn't play at all right now. So there's that aspect. And then, of course, you could argue the last two years, Aaron Rodgers has definitely played better than Patrick Mahomes. You know, Josh Allen, I'll say that's debatable. To me, they probably have been the two best quarterbacks in football the last two years. I know Mahomes in totality is right there with them and, and one of the greatest players in the sport. But, like, he has every right to ask for more money. He's so by far the best player on their team, the biggest name on the team, the biggest entity on the team. Out of 50 million might not even do it to really justify what he does for them. And again, you know, it's a team that I never, I, I just don't look at as being as great as everybody thinks it is. It's number 12. Jennings has some sort of issue because I don't know. It seems like what Rogers pushed him out the door way back when for younger receivers that he liked better. I don't, I don't, I don't really know what happened there, but there's obviously some personal issue there. Uh, but yeah, this Rogers thing is going to be interesting, and I don't know, Mike, how you feel. But if you made me bet right now, I don't know. I'm going to bet Rogers isn't in Green Bay when all said and done when this decision gets made. Well, I had believed that for weeks that Rogers ultimately is going to ask them to trade him. Then came the comment. Well, well, let me let me back up. I'm, yeah. I'm jumping over yeah. the middle. After I was feeling that way, I, I then began to pivot toward the idea that they're mending fences. We heard that, that, that Rodgers was having good conversations with the folks in right. Green Bay. And there right. was just kind of this sense bubbling up that maybe he would stay put. And Chris, one thing that dawned on me last Monday, and let's talk about this for a second before we move forward. Peter King highlighted in last week's Football Morning in America a comment from Bob McGinn, who's been covering the Packers for years, about Aaron Rodgers' reluctance to risk throwing interceptions and how he's very sensitive to how it affects his passer rating. Sure. He won't take chances. You know, you talk about the politics I believe of the quarterback that. position. Yeah, where you, I believe that. And, and, yeah. and McGinn believes that at times Rodgers doesn't take chances. Agreed. Because he doesn't want to assume the risk of an interception. Well, you take that mindset and you expand it to – bigger decisions like who I'm going to play for maybe he doesn't want to take the risk that if he goes to another team now because yeah. for now for now right. if he stays with the Packers and they're the one seed every year and never get to the Super Bowl again and they've been the one seed the past two years in the NFC and haven't gotten back to the Super Bowl he's been the regular season MVP four times and they haven't gone to the Super Bowl in any of those four seasons but who do we blame we don't blame him we blame the Packers if he goes somewhere else let's say yeah. he goes to Tennessee Right. And they're the one seed and they don't get to the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, what's the narrative? Yeah. Maybe it wasn't the Packers after all. Right. Maybe Aaron Rodgers chokes in the postseason. Yeah. That's the risk he takes mm -hmm. if he goes to another team. I agreed. Uh, that that it is definitely a risk and it's definitely something that you I don't know, again, not that we know or just it feels like, yeah. Knowing Aaron Rodgers and what we've seen through the years in the media, what he says, that that would affect his decision, definitely. That's where I go back to the Broncos thing because at least there's the comfort level there. There's a coaching staff and people that he likes that can kind of massage the efforts of some of the uncomfortableness that would come with changing a team and not being the king of the castle and having the red carpet underneath you. And Denver, I think they could probably keep a lot of those elements and make Rodgers feel like he's still in Green Bay, except, hey, we got different uniforms and some different players out here that are more talented. So that, that, that is the, the big thing. There's no doubt. 
Now, like, hey, the things you talk about in Rodgers, anybody watch my podcast after they lost to the 49ers? It was my number one disappointment. It wasn't that Rodgers played bad. It's just Rodgers, there was a handful of plays and throws where you go, no, you're Aaron Rodgers, and you need to throw that ball in there right now. He's open 15 yards down the middle. You need to throw the laser in there and not throw the check down over here to Aaron Jones for a four-yard game. That Yes, that is where Rodgers is not like Mahomes or Josh Allen. In those moments, they go for the jugular. They go, I'm throwing the flamethrower, and they're going to win this game right now. Rodgers goes, hey, it's a little risky. Let me check it down. Maybe I'll get you know a more higher percentage play to win the game a few plays later. Well, you know, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen. That's definitely Rodgers' biggest issue with this game. There's no doubt about that. But this Green Bay thing's real, certainly. And I think Green Bay is trying to put I, the public pressure on Rodgers, right, Mike? I mean, I think between the Tom Clements uh, quarterback coaching hire and the fact that they've come out there and said they're willing to make him the highest-paid quarterback, to me, is all like stuff to go, hey, we're doing all we can to get Rodgers back. The ball's in his court. If he leaves, it won't be the Packers' fault. That's, That's right. the narrative that they're That's trying right. to set up. Right. If he chooses to go, it's his choice. And it enhances the risk that if he does go somewhere else and they have a great regular season and he doesn't punch through to the Super Bowl, it's on him. It's not on the Packers. This is kind of a weird way for the Packers to get absolution for a decade of, of not reaching their full potential because we'd always assume the Packers failed to put the team around Rodgers, not Rodgers is failing to cash in with victories in the games well, that have the season what? riding on them. Can I say one more thing, too, about that that drives me crazy? I know it drives you crazy, too. Like, when people talk about the salary cap and, like, oh, Rodgers, and even if he did say he wanted to be the highest-paid player, like, so what? Like, well, what was so what? what? What does that mean? So who cares? Like, like we know, we both know this, Peyton Manning wasn't going to be the quarterback of the Colts unless he was the highest-paid quarterback in football. Brady, in those years, he used to literally say, I'm not going to accept $1 less than Peyton Manning going to get when he was signing those contracts. How did, the, how did the Colts and Patriots ever put a team around Brady and Peyton Manning? Stop with all that bull crap. It's just like people just cherry pick these little facts every now and then to like pin on certain guys, but don't pin them on other guys. And that, that's to me where this is just a bunch of bull crap. I mean, how is Kansas City making it happen? With paying, they got Mahomes forty-five million dollar a year. How are they still getting Kelsey and Tyree Kill and Frank Clark and Chris Jones? How are they doing that? Green Bay doesn't have those type of names that you can just rattle off like that. So stop with that. I, I'm sick of people saying that all the time. And here's where Green Bay is different from the other teams. Green Bay doesn't have an owner that's going to siphon off unspent salary cap money to go pay the super yacht maintenance fund you don't need the pro i mean the profits don't get poured into anyone's pocket yeah, that's they true. get poured back into the corporation yeah, right. so they they should be spending up to the cap every single year there's no reason not to spend every available dollar they should have cap issues every year and they're, they're in the process of clearing cap space so they can make it work this year so they can apply the franchise tag to receiver Devonte adams something that's regarded as a virtual certainty so that they can have money available for aaron Rodgers if he stays but but remember when you when you take and let's just say a thousand dollars or let's say a million let's make it a realistic number you kick a million dollars from the salary cap from this year to next year the relative impact next year is smaller because the cap will be higher and the more you can kick cap dollars into future years the less of an impact that has on your ability 
to spend because it means less as the cap goes up. The percentage yeah. of the cap that that million counts for keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Right, right. But the teams have managed collectively, and I don't know whether they set out to do this, Chris. They've created this idea that it's this urgency and their hands are tied. And yeah, it's baloney. But the fans line up behind the billionaires. The fans Crazy. root for the laundry and the players can go screw themselves. That's the attitude the fans have. It's one of the themes of playmakers. I'm trying to get people to break that narrative and understand that if anything, your allegiance should go to the guys who are putting their asses on the line every week. They should get everything they can because even if they're getting half the revenue, they have no ownership. So they need to make everything they can because the owners are getting half the revenue and 100% of the equity. The players are getting half the revenue and 0% of the equity. We should always support the players getting whatever they can get when they can get it. And this salary cap stuff is just an excuse to not pay a guy what he's worth. Yeah, I mean, agreed. You're right. There's always wiggle room. Now, I mean, we know there's some teams that got more wiggle room than others and all of that. Yes, definitely. But uh, they're, they're, they certainly can make it work with Rodgers and still have a really good football team. Again, it doesn't matter. Like, again, Rodgers is on a, the, one of the most economical contracts in football. And we're still sitting here, though, even though Rodgers, yeah, we'd like to play him better, like him to play better. And yeah, Rodgers was annoying this year at times, certainly with the immunized and misleading people and all that. You know, I get that, but, you know, still, uh, the team they have in Green Bay, we still talk about it and go, okay, there's still no free agents that they ever really sign, and, you know, one of the things they lack are big times difference makers. Yeah, they don't have that. They don't have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Floyd, uh, and Von Miller uh, to go along with, you know, Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup. You know, Tyler Higby, the quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and a pretty good running back. I mean, again, it's not who they are. So, I mean, that's where I don't know where the fluff is about. He's economical now, and they're not necessarily, like, killing it with the team around him. So that dispels all the, oh, if he takes more money, the team can't be better around him. That's a bunch of BS. Sorry, it took me a minute to spit that 33 and out. $33.5 million. Yeah. $33.5 million is what Rodgers is making under his current deal. That's the same as Jared Goff. So hey, how's my eye look? With this picture. It's actually looking better. Okay, at least it feels know. like it's no, opening. Not, not, yeah, it's opening a little bit. Well, you, you may have to. You may have to. You may have to ask me to cut you. I, I cut seriously me, cut me, Mick. Cut me, Mick. I seriously. I was driving to work today with the ice pack pushed against my eye, trying to push some of the swelling out of there. I really feel like a fool right now. I really do. One one last point before we move on. Yeah. And this is the comment that I began to allude to earlier because this confused me last week when Brian Gutekunst said it at his press conference. He came out and said, I never promised to trade Aaron Rodgers after the 2021 season. And that, to me, was a stunner because it's become generally accepted that if Rodgers wants out after 21, the Packers are going to facilitate. It doesn't mean they're going to trade him wherever he wants to go. They're not going to hand him to the Vikings or the Bears, or the Dolphins. Or the 49ers. They probably would not trade him to the 49ers. Yeah. Maybe not even the Buccaneers. But when he... Remember when he decided to play in 21? One of our first reactions was, when we saw the details of the new contracts, like, what the hell did he get? He only got one year taken off of his deal. He's still under contract for two more seasons. Oh, there's a verbal promise that they'll trade him after the year? Well, that promise isn't worth the paper it's not written on. And we're seeing that now. Because he firmly believes, just like he believed last year, that they've promised to trade him. 
And that's what made it surprising to me, Chris, that he didn't get something more firm last yeah, year. Right. Because they'd reneged last year. Yeah. On the on the promise to trade him. So I, I and now Gutekun says I never promised to trade him. Now maybe that's literal and at the that's time where I looked wasn't at talking it. to Gutekunst at all. Right, right. Yeah. That's what I, I kinda thought. Like maybe he didn't promise him. Maybe they kind of talked about, you know, this is something that could happen, or he led him to believe that this was certainly a possibility of it being traded. Promise? Yeah, that's a strong word. I don't know. But I know, and you know, there's way too many people in the league that think that there was obviously something said to Rodgers after the 2021 season to make him think that there was a possibility he could be traded if things worked out. Yeah, they weren't just going to trade him to whoever he wants, whenever he wants, and maybe that's why it didn't happen. Maybe it was only the 49ers and teams where like the Packers were like, whoa, I mean, yeah, we kind of want to help you, but we can't trade you to those teams. I don't know. But everybody, I mean, there's just too many people in football that, that, that have that thought or feeling or, or know from somebody that, that Rodgers was led to believe that, yes, that he could be shopped after that 2021 season. And here's the key. Now is not the time to come out and say publicly, we didn't promise or whatever or push back at all. It's too, it's too deeply rooted to push back on it now. Yeah. Why even address it? Now, they, they do have some power over this. They haven't given him a blank check to be traded wherever he wants to be traded for whatever compensation the team would be willing to give. And maybe it's part of that building leverage where it's a message to the teams. Hey, hey, it's, you know, it's, it's not a certainty we're going to trade him here, and maybe Aaron Rodgers is on board with that. But that really struck me as not consistent with everything that we have been led to believe yeah. that if his decision, and it's definitely coming soon. There was a report last week it's coming soon. Well, no crap, it's coming soon. He said 17 days ago he's going to take a couple of weeks and then the decision's going to come pretty quick. And 17 days from now, the new league year begins. Uh, actually, it's 16 days from now the new league year begins. Yeah, it's coming soon because he wants to have it all figured out before – free agency opens and teams start filling up their seats with quarterbacks. Although I think teams are going to wait on him. That's why I don't think we've seen any deals done for quarterbacks to be traded when the league year begins, Chris. Everyone's waiting to see what Rodgers does would before agree. they start looking elsewhere. I would think so. I think he's, you know, culprit number one as far as the guy that everybody knows has a chance to be available. And, yes, they're going to wait because they know, again, Aaron Rodgers, without a doubt, even with his age, is certainly one of the three or four best quarterbacks in football still. So they're going to wait and knowing, too, that he's a guy that he does stay in shape. His arm is special. It's not going anywhere. And he can add, like, three or four good years to your football team at the quarterback position. Yes, teams are going to wait right now and see how this plays out. And you're right. I think he's the, the jump-off spot. When he starts to or makes a decision, I think we'll start to see other rumors and things start to kind of happen around the NFL, around the quarterback's uh, position. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll flip it over to a coach who possibly was leaving but is now staying to run it back, run it back, <laughs> run it back. Sean McVay sticking around with the Rams. We'll discuss that next on PFT Live. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. 
the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions.